Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. I'm your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Tadicia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. This week, we watched Evita. Um, so this is based on an actual person, which we have not covered a musical based on an actual person yet in our podcast. So first, this is also still a part of our Strong Women Month. So, we've called it three different things. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I've called it iconic, you've called it legendary, and now it's strong. <laughs> Synonyms. Synonyms. Yeah. Semantics. Um, but uh, this one is actually kind of a twofer in that it has Madonna in it, mm-hmm. and it's talking about Evita Peron, Eva Peron, who was an actual factual person in Argentina who rose to the ranks to become the first lady of the, I mean, it sounds like it's an achievement, but really it is. Um, but she became first lady. She was known for her uh, charitable work and some questionable things about her practices. But Madonna is playing Evita, which is also kind of questionable because I don't think Madonna is Argentinian, but yeah, <sighs> it was, what, what year was this? It was... 90, 96, 90, Wait. I have it. 96, yes, you're right. <laughs> I was like, I think I was three. <laughs> <laughs> so this musical, um, actually, like, a lot of musicals nowadays, but this one actually started as a concept album, mm-hmm. and then it became a stage show, and then it became a stage show. So if you're wondering... How to make a musical now, I guess, make a concept album? <laughs> I mean, sure. There's There's been successes in that regard. I think a lot, okay, I want to say a lot, I'm lying. <laughs> I'm referring to literally Hades Town and this. Um, and Hamilton. And Hamilton. They're like all sung through. Yeah. And I think concept albums turned musicals. I guess make the most sense when it's going to be a sung through show because in the concept album you're doing the telling of the story you need to convey as much as possible and so by the time you put that thing on stage you've grown accustomed to telling the story through these songs. There's not much time for dialogue. Exactly. You've already constructed a two hour show with an album. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to do a song through musical, for sure, for sure, probably do a concept musical. It'll probably help you. I don't know. I've <laughs> not done something like that before. Um, but, yeah. But, yes. Do we have any history with this musical? So, my history with this musical, <laughs> my history with this musical is not necessarily history with this musical, except for one time on, like, HBO or something when I saw Madonna doing something with her hands and doing something like that. But apart from that, my only other history with this musical is through another movie where two women were pretending to be drag queens in the middle of nowhere and they were singing Don't Cry For Me Argentina. Yeah. But in like really lowered voices. Uh, So it was... that's way. <laughs> That's fair. I've also seen this movie. Um, can't tell you what it's called, 
I know it has the lady from Muppets Backstreet Wedding. I know <laughs> they also sing um, Don't Rain on, Rain on My Parade, which is my memory from that movie. <laughs> so like we're, as you're attached to Don't Cry For Me, I'm attached to Don't Rain on My Parade. Um, but with the movie itself, I think I saw part of it. Because, yeah. um, like, again, like when you're just watching TV and like a musical pops up like who are you to deny it <laughs> and I just I don't know like we'll get into it but I it's whatever age I was it bored me oh yeah and I wasn't really into what was happening it was very dull or whatever and I was just like well you know what I'm fine <laughs> <laughs> like I get it's Madonna and I get that um Antonio Banderas is in this too mm-hmm. but like Oh, <laughs> but again, I was a kid, and I don't know whether my opinions haven't changed the that much. <laughs> but I don't know. Let's get it's, into it. It's very political. It's very like I don't know what inspired them to write about this, apart from the fact that it's sort of tragic and tragedy sells. Yeah, so. I mean, I have subsequently watched like 7,000 videos about Ava Perdon and like her just like how she was perceived and stuff and like okay I've watched like maybe three or four videos so it's not like (laughs) um but like I don't know the her I don't know I'm a little uncomfortable yeah so, I mean, I will, I guess we'll, like, properly get into it at the end, mm-hmm. but just, like, preemptively, I'm, like, slightly uncomfortable with her portrayal. Um, just slightly. Okay, you But, alright, so, starting off, mm-hmm. uh, we start off on July 26, 1952, yeah. uh, in a cinema in Buenos Aires, that is the name of the song of cinema in Buenos Aires. Yes. <laughs> July 26, 1952. Um, where there's a crowd, they're watching a movie, and the, mu- the movie stops abruptly. And someone comes in and announces that the spiritual leader of the nation, Eva Perón, has died. Which, fun fact, was verbatim what was said by the mirrors that conveyed the message to the masses. Verbatim, the spiritual leader was dead. Yeah. I'm really just, like, a lot of this I think is verbatim taken from different things because a lot of these songs Oh yeah, no, they used... It's just people talking. They used, uh, there's, I can't remember specifically, but there's a specific, um, autobiography that they pulled heavily from yeah because i was going to say it it reminds me a lot of natasha pierre and the great comet sure like that's the the closest reference i can pull from in that it's a lot of talk singing and a lot of the singing it doesn't necessarily rhyme it's more like just a vehicle to convey the words that i'm saying yeah and then like some rhymes are like that was a stretch (laughs) (laughs) but Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. Mm-hmm. Moving forward. So, uh, next after that, we have this huge mourning crowd 
the public, they're throwing like flower petals at the balcony. There's this march proceeding, uh, going through the streets, leading uh, as they carry her body down the streets. And Antonio Banderas appears. Uh, he appeared in the cinema, but he didn't say much. And now he appears on the streets. Mm-hmm. He is Che. He is more the narrator mm-hmm. kind of thing. He's in the story, but not a part of the event directly. He's just representing a number of the people. Yeah. He, like, appears multiple times in, like, different guises, you know? Mm. Same person, different people. Um, But also, I wanted to say, because, like, when they said, when I read Jay, I was like, wait, as in, you don't, you don't mean (laughs) Jay. Not this this one, right? But, you know, (sighs) Whatever. <laughs> but the crowd is singing um, Requiem for Evita. Um, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's very Latin. Latin as in the language, not the people. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Um, and then it goes into Che singing, Oh, What a Circle. Yeah. So a thing about a lot of these songs is they will have the same melody yeah. to slightly different music. Yes. So I think Oh What a Circus is to the tune of Don't Cry For Me. Yes. And that tune comes back maybe three or four times. Um, so I'll probably just, I'll get to the Don't, don't Cry For Me part. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait. Um, but yeah, this song is mainly just talking about uh, how Evita has like a conflicted appearance, how she was an actress, and uh, he's kind of representing it not necessarily antagonistic, but he's like a weird shadow yeah. character. He 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 plays both sides of the public opinion, but more the people's side, where Ayla is seen as. He's like a skeptic. <laughs> yes, yes, that is the word. Yeah. So, he doesn't necessarily believe in everything that she preached about, everything that she talked about. He thinks that she didn't really do much for the country in the time that she was, quote-unquote, in power. Mm-hmm. With all that she has been doing, it's not really fulfilling the needs of the people on a whole. Um, then we flash back to 1934. Where he is 15, mm-hmm. and she's Eva Duarte. At the time, she is living in, I don't know how to say, Junior, Junior? I don't know how to say it. I just like the word, honestly. But sure. it's the town where she lives. Yeah. And she wants to get out of this place. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's fairly, I mean, so we skipped over in the beginning where there was a scene taking place where a funeral was happening. And in that funeral, we saw that young Ava, like maybe seven or eight, yeah. her father had passed away, but she, her mother, was sort of the mistress of the father and yeah. so was not so allowed to Ava enter was into the funeral. Yes. And so she ran in and placed flowers onto her father's uh, in, in respite body. And he had a kiss on her forehead, but she was pulled away um, violently by others. And she's screaming for her papa, but 
So she hasn't had a father figure. Her mother has probably lived, and her siblings have lived in like poverty and destitution. Yep. Um, we come to find out a little bit, not too long later, that her father was middle class, mm-hmm. and that family was middle class, and so she has a grudge against the middle class a little bit. Yeah. For like their her personal mistreatment by them. For not even letting her mourn her father properly when she was young, but uh, for other reasons as well. But yes, she lives in Benin, and she seems to be having this affair with an actual, another actual person, Augustine Magaldi, where there's some like con- conflict between whether or not that actually happened because mm-hmm. of the timing of how they met because. In the story, they meet in 1934, mm-hmm. and then she sees him again later on. But he's in real life dead by 1938 <laughs> because um, he he had a liver disease. Right. So okay. I was like, I don't know how actual factual <laughs> this whole thing is. Like, there's some yeah. claims that he did meet Eva and he did help her get out, but not necessarily that they had like a sexual yeah. sexual relationship. Just that like he saw a girl with the potential and like helped her get out of the town because she seems to be a fairly ambitious person yeah i think what bothers me about the fact that and i think it's in the stage show as well that ava's played by the same person from age 15 up to 33 yes it bothers me because you don't see that she's young and so you can put that away in your mind yeah and like for something like this where they're like alleging that um, there was some form of sexual relationship um, that she cashed in on to get to Buenos Aires. Yeah. Um, it's like she was a child, yeah. <laughs> and like you know, and it's they're not carrying it like she's a child. Yeah, yeah. So, yikes. <laughs> but yeah, apparently that's the relationship that's portrayed. Yeah. Um. Eva goes to one of Augustine's shows where he sings on this night of a thousand stars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an alright song. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this <coughs> night of a thousand stars. Yeah. Irish sings that. But Eva afterwards is trying to convince Magali to take her to Buenos Aires. Uh, and it's like a two-part song because it has Eva and Magaldi and then Eva beware of the city but they both kind of come together and I just I the first time I heard it I was like is that a Gloria Swanson video or is that <laughs> oh where, um I want to be a butterfly See, okay, when I first heard the soundtrack itself, I thought she was saying, I want to be a part of me in Buenos Aires, mi amor. Oh, That's okay. what I thought she was saying, but then when I was watching it, I was like, Big Apple. <laughs> huh? Big Apple. But I think it's like just a representation, like people would understand that Big Apple, yeah, city. big, like, yeah. just like metropolitan place in comparison to where she's coming from yeah yeah so but um and her family has joined in on the thing where it's like 
hey, look, you slept with this girl and the newspapers don't know yet, you know, so you're kind of responsible, you know, so, like, take her with you. And he's like, look, the city is not a good place for someone that young. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, it, it wasn't, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, like, fair, but also, <laughs> in this narrative specifically, you're also sleeping with her, dude. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. You don't get to play predator and savior at the same time. I'm sorry. Yeah. But I just love that he says, I'm not going to take her away. And then in like two seconds, she's on the train. Yeah, she's like persistent. And like, she's like, oh, you thought. (laughs) But um, yeah, so Ella arrives in Buenos Aires and she sings a song, Buenos Aires. Yeah. It is fun. It is fun. But um, she's going around. This is where, because um, I was reading the synopsis before for Ocho Milico in the movie. Right. And they do that thing where they swap around some songs. Mm. So. In the movie, Eva goes to Magaldi's house and realizes that he has a child, he has a family. He's basically in the same position that her mother was in so many years ago. And she ends up singing a song that someone else was meant to sing. Right. Yeah. Um, Another. But don't they do like a one-line reprise kind of of it? Um, What is it called? It is. What happened? I have no idea. Another suitcase like. in another hall. I can't. Okay. And apparently that song charted on its own from the um, two songs from this uh, concept album yeah. charted. It was Viva for Me Argentina. Right. And another suitcase in another hall. Oh. But then they won an Academy Award for a, a different song. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? For. Uh, you must love me? Was um, that the one? Yeah, I think so. What happens And throughout that song, we get to see, like, Eva is kind of, like, we don't know how much time passes mm-hmm. in that song, but she's basically having to sneak around yeah, social men. climbing. Yeah. She's not doing so much of social climbing in that song, but it's like she goes to an audition. I mean, it is social climbing because it's like she goes to an audition, speaks with the photographer, gets no, like that, done. No, that song is Good Night and Thank You. Oh, it's yeah. What song so, are you talking about? No, um, so what happens, uh, Another Suitcase, Another Hall, right. is when she's like dancing with random strangers. Oh, then. That yes. One. Okay, she's yes. at the bars and she's trying to get by, things like that. Yeah. And then at the end of that song, is starts with Good Night and Thank You, where the yeah. photographer uh, sees her after the audition mm-hmm. saying that she was feeling it. And then. This is, okay. <laughs> the Good Night and Thank You has, like, I think my least favorite collection of words <laughs> um, where it was it's 
just like in the way that it's I don't know sung or like put where it's the bit oh, I'm gonna find the specific lyrics for it because it just it sounds clunky and that's when you go oh right it's a sunken musical <laughs> <laughs> and I guess this is what happens from it's like a parody of itself in a way mm. yeah where they said there's no one no one no one at all never has been never will be a lover male or female but it's <laughs> the way that it's sung it sounds <laughs> like they were searching for words <laughs> to like in order to like convey whatever it is they were trying to say but like it wasn't coming, and then they put like something there. Not really placeholders, but yeah. like something there, and then it just became part of the song. <laughs> it does not. It sounds so weirdly unintentional, as like, oh, here are some words, here are some words to fill the space. Anyway, let's go on. <laughs> and it's just like, what? There is no one, no one at all. Never has been, and never will be. Male or yeah, it's okay. So okay, I think the thing that doesn't help it. <laughs> is the time signature mm. because what is happening like, <laughs> i i need all of you right now pause <laughs> this go listen to the song good night and thank you it's called just that there is no one known at all never has been um or never will be or whatever a lover male or female it just because of the time signature it's it sounds so fucking weird and then it's just maybe the male or female mm -hmm. that made me go oh no what? <laughs> anyway sorry for interrupting you how can you interrupt me on the podcast in both make <laughs> yeah we just you were in the middle of a sentence i don't remember it's fine um but yes so she's in that song, she's climbing the social ranks by dating different people. So she mm -hmm. dates a photographer, and she becomes a model, and then it, she dates uh, whoever is the producer, and then someone she dates someone else that knows the producer and gets her on the radio. And then through the radio, she starts dating a general some some Liverpool person, sure. and she ends up becoming an actress through his connections. Yep. So. When we, we end on her being an actress, uh, they, they make a point of saying that she can't act in the next song. Yeah, and they're like, oh, she's not that dumb. <laughs> anyway, but she's here, so. <laughs> like, the director is, like, pinching his back, like, oh, my God, get this woman off of my camera. But her bow in the background is like, yep, baby, you got this. Yeah. You're good. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure doesn't think she's good. Yeah. <laughs> Which is low-key funny because madonna <laughs> she does okay in this movie she does <laughs> moving on this one does okay she's not bad though in this one i don't that's think. what i said <laughs> in this movie she is okay but um so the next song is the lady's got potential which is kind of introducing the the figure of Juan Perón, who is going to become future president and future husband of Eva. Um, but introducing like Juan Perón, his cohort of people, their white, white, right wing, 
<laughs> oh, that's a different thing. Um, their right wing kind of agency, their uprising. I think they like stormed the government and yeah, had I think a coup. It was a coup and, like, yeah. So that's in like 1943. But um, I love the song because I wrote, I wrote in my So I love this song because Che is going through like different events mm-hmm. in in the story, and the, and then it was like and then an earthquake. <laughs> it's, right. The earthquake isn't funny, but it was funny because he was just like, oh yeah, and then this happened, and this, and this, and Tehran is trying to rise to the top, and then an earthquake happened, and I was like, oh god, if an earthquake can just be like. A two sentence beat in a song. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a devastating event. Yeah. But it's like these two lines. And it's like, ah, but this was a great opportunity for Tehran. Yeah. It's like, but the people. <laughs> but yeah. the people. Yeah. Oh, God. But um, basically, after the earthquake, they are trying to, they, they plan to host like a charity event. Uh, for San Juan, which is where the earthquake hit, uh, and it's going to be the place where Eva and Teron meet. Mm-hmm. And this is where um, Mikalti yes. would appear, which, as you said, cannot have been a fact yeah. because he was not alive at that time. <laughs> and I think they probably, obviously, added it in order to like reintroduce the idea of like oh yeah remember how she even got here <laughs> and he's like oh so because she makes a remark something like your ass hasn't changed and he says well neither has yours yeah and it's like damn tell us how you really feel tomorrow <laughs> uh during the charity event um they do a snippet of the Art of the Possible, but not the whole song. Yeah. Um, I listened to the whole song because I was like, is that a whole song? I can't remember the song, but the whole song is gone. Um, but Antonio Banderas just sings a snippet of it. But the main song that's kind of sung across is Charity Thompson. If you're, if you're like looking at the soundtrack and wondering where these things fit in. Mm-hmm. In the back room, behind the, I say back room, it's backstage, mm-hmm. of the Charity Concert, uh, Eva meets Peron for the first time and it's sort of a nice meeting except for they both declare that they're not there with anyone mm-hmm. and then it's like we saw you like five seconds ago like one Peron next to his mistress or whatever you Eva literally on the arm of whatever military person you're here with yeah but no they're not here with anyone and they sing the song, um, I'd be surprisingly good for you. Mm-hmm. Is this, this is when they're both going into his, yeah. I guess. And yeah, they've both just been like, anyway, I'm single. How about you? <laughs> I'd be good for you. I'd be surprisingly good for you. Etc. Whatever. <laughs> Like bachata energy that was going on in there, <laughs> but yeah, that is 
basically the song of Kiron and Eva deciding to get together. Then after that, Eva goes to Kiron's home and like boots his mistress out of the house, out of bed, like Oh yeah. I was trying to understand that scene because I looked away. Yeah. And so I assumed time had passed Mm -hmm. and that they were now officially together and the mistress just he was cheating on Ava already and she was like, No, no, I don't care. Get out. So what you're telling me is that that isn't the case and that she just went home with him and was like Anyway, I'm new here, and you're out. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically, I'm the new model, and though you're younger, you are now obsolete. Right. That was basically what that scene was. I'm like, Ava, that's you. (laughs) That is literally you when you first got here. Like, what? why are you this mean? Yeah. How can you be that cool? And this is where um, that suitcase song. Yes. <laughs> another suitcase in another <laughs> hall would have been because um, I saw a clip um, I was watching some like highlights and stuff <clears throat> from the recent New York City Center production of yeah. Evita and like in this production they have a younger girl playing Ava um, like 15 year old Ava and then Ava and then they have the girl that she kicked out and it's like the three of them. Oh. And so you see like young Ava is like in the background as Ava's kicking out this other young woman. Oh and wow. she's singing like what happens now? And like I'm like, wow, okay. Cause like I didn't until afterwards I didn't realize that there was never a younger Ava like in any other productions. And so like I'm like, wow, this is I like this very like meta like textual <laughs> thing that's going on so now Ava is with Peron her status is kind of in question because now he's taking her like to his high society like up middle upper class mm-hmm. like that kind of situation he's taking her with him mm-hmm. and the upper echelons of society are quite displeased with the presence of this commoner yeah. in their midst. Yeah. Um, There's a line about Herods in that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait, were they? Did they? Is this? Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> I know. Like, I was like, is this only in here because the person who was a part of writing it is British? Yes. <laughs> or, like, is it that, like, really rich people from, like, Buenos Aires is are frequently frequenting Herod's. Such a weird fucking line, man. <laughs> British. Nah. But um this song is Peron's latest flame. Mm-hmm. Also during this whole Peron's latest flame thing where all mm-hmm. of them are talking about her, there's this one scene of these like young men showering, but they have the towels around their waist. And it's like, how successful is your shower <laughs> when your towel is getting wet as you stand there scrubbing with no soap? There's nothing in your hands. I understand they're having you pretend. I don't know how long you have to stand under that water, and I'm sorry, but <laughs> but still, you cannot tell me you're having a successful shower. Yeah. Like they could have just filmed you from the waist up. Like yeah. it didn't have to be. Yeah. This thing. 
sort of like the not choreo the staging of it like where it's like everybody had turns everybody do this <laughs> very pointed um and also they're all dressed fancy and stuff singing like very like staccato but they're on like the run for something now and he's talking with Ava very briefly about like what he should do, like she's his counsel now. Um, but she's kind of doing the best that she can in the moment. She's like telling him, you know, just like wait and you know, stuff will happen. But then the administration has him jailed suddenly, like very suddenly like they mm. sweep through the room and put him in jail and so Ava tries to use like her radio show and all of her like skills that she's gained just talking to people to like raise up like the people saying that he's from the working class and I'm from the working class and he loves me so like he must love all of you because how else could he love someone like me and you know just trying to get all of the people on his side um to serve the descamisados which i mean like i i read it means like shirtless but i think it means like the 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 working class yeah, blue collar <clears throat> families and such but yeah the, so he's basically like rallying them up and was like y'all yeah and that song goes into a new Argentina. It's is that the end of last song? Yes, kind of. The end of last song. There's like three or four. No, of like those. the musical genre of this musical is all over the place. Yeah, it's it like, is. It's everywhere. So inconsistent. Like I, I don't. It's like. Some of it is Latin guitar and salsa and bachata and like what have you, and then some of it is like classic mm. rock orchestra, and then I don't get it. <laughs> I really don't yeah. get it. It's it's very again, like I said, like it's it's just inconsistent. Like, I don't know what they wanted, but anyway. powers of Evita uh, Perona is freed. They get married mm -hmm. uh, during the song. What song do they get married during? Ooh, I don't know. Isn't it a new to Argentina? I think it's during a new Argentina. That's an eight minute song. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sure, it's during a new Argentina. Um, okay. So during a new Argentina, they get married. Uh, Evita, 
as Eva Duarte becomes Eva Peron and we get to the song on the this is where the first act would end but this is a musical there are no acts mm-hmm. so we get to on the balcony of the Casa Rosada which is you know the town in October so like the one who's standing on the balcony of the Casa Rosada yeah much like when they were in in, in the cinema <laughs> yeah and that was the name of the thing yeah and um the crowds are like screaming like and then that changes to Evita, Evita, and he like goes back and he's like, they yeah. want you, girl. <laughs> and she comes out and she's like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm like the first lady. <laughs> anyway, I will not let you guys down. So this is 1946. I can't believe Sarah Carwell, she is by now. Um, yeah. Fun fact, their age difference he is twice her age. Oh, I mean, of course. When they met, she was 24 and he was 48. Or maybe it was like a year later than that. Of course. Yeah. Relate. Woo. What else? Love it. But, um, Eva goes out on the balcony and she sings the song <laughs> that I am here for. Nice, <laughs> she's, nice. she's don't cry for me, Argentina. Mm-hmm. Don't cry for me, Argentina. The truth is I never loved you. All through my heartache, my mad existence, I kept my promise. Don't keep your distance. Which again is a tune that we've heard quite a bit leading to here yeah but um yeah it's basically during that song that she's she's letting the people see her wild days wild days wild days she's letting the people see her heart um that she once was like this but now she is this way and she will not forget where she came from because she's still there and all of that stuff um and the people being so cohesive like the crowd is like on her side Mm -hmm. except for Che (laughs) ever the contrarian um so the next scene is them attending a ball or something I don't necessarily know what the event is Mm. but she is in this big jeweled gown going up and Che is singing High Flying Adored. High Flying Adored. Something, something, something. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we get through that one. Okay. And then immediately after that is the scene that you're thinking about where Ava is like, okay, so I am this person now, so I need to look amazing so that the Argentinian people can look up to me so they can entertain themselves and I can entertain myself mm-hmm. because I'm here now and I worked to get here. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't remember the, this is Rainbow High mm-hmm. and I don't remember specifically all of the words but it's like something something bore me so Christian Dior me. I'm like, 
option. <laughs> like, where? How dare you? <laughs> the, oh, what is it? How does it go? It's like face, lips, something. Oh, right, something, yeah. Something, something. I don't remember. I just, I really enjoy that part. Um, yeah. Wait, let me find it. Eyes, hair, mouth, figure, dress, voice, style, movement, hands, magic, rings, glamour, face, diamonds, like what? It's like hands, magic. <laughs> that, okay, that reminds me of, yeah. <laughs> every time my cavity did some magic. <laughs> He had a catchphrase, and the first time he does it, his catchphrase is magic, and I loved it. Oh, it's fine. But yeah, eyes, hair, mouth, figure, dress, voice, style, movement, hands, magic, rings, glamour, face, diamonds, excitement, image. Okay, but um, so after that song, or during that song rather, she decides that she's going to go to Europe and she's going to proclaim para, is it paranism? Par- par- paranism um, to the rest of the Europeans well so they can take them seriously on the world stage yeah. as an Argentine power kind of thing. So that song is now the Rainbow Tour, mm-hmm. which is literally Ava going off to Spain and the Spanish love her, and then Italy and the Italians think that she, that Peron is like Mussolini, which ties back to earlier because Peron actually served under Mussolini mm. before, so they're just like, eh, it reminds me of Mussolini. I'm like, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> and, um, France liked her, but this is when you start getting the notion that something might be wrong. Yeah. Because she starts to look unwell. Yeah, she like collapses, kind of. Because mm. they're at a play? An opera? Uh, yes. They're at a, a performance of some kind, and she like gets up to go somewhere and she sort of like collapses into the curtain yeah so you get the idea like not all is right yeah Eva. um but she comes home everything seems fine um rainbow tour is just like they were like will Ava come through and the answer is always yes yeah. but then when they end the song it's yes it comes and through. no and yes and no, and yes. <laughs> Let's hear it for the rainbow tour. But the next song is The Actress Hasn't Learned the Lines You'd Like to Hear, mm-hmm. which is Eva meeting some of the British, I think. And it's so uncomfortable to watch that scene in particular just because it's like no one wants her there yeah. and 
she's going around and she's shaking her hands and she's smiling at people but she can see in their faces that, that they, they don't, don't like her yeah and you can see how that reflects back on her face which is why i said madonna wasn't bad in this movie like i did me. not say she was bad <laughs> i quite remember saying she's okay in this movie but um yes that is the actress hasn't learned the lines of like Cynthia. But I mean, it's also like, because I mean, uh, even what she stands for, aside from like where she comes from, etc., just like the whole for the people thing, mm-hmm. which is threatening to the high and powerful and mighty and wealthy and whatever, um, that kind of politics. So they're like, we fucking hate you. <laughs> and she's like, it doesn't matter. I'm doing the right thing. It sucks that you hate me, but you know what? Yeah. I'm going to be dignified. Now. Then at the end of that song, Che comes up and is like, um, hey, excuse me, um, the Argentinian people are calling. Did you forget about us while you're schmoozing with the rich? And she's like, nah, <laughs> I didn't. In fact, here's my foundation that I'm going to open for the people. Yeah. Um, and she does that. And then the song and the money keeps rolling in parentheses and out in parentheses mm-hmm. comes on, which is like Eva is doing all of this fantastic charity work and it helps like a couple people at a time and all of the money is going somewhere and it's helping the Argentinian people, but not all of the money is probably going somewhere that it should be indicating that uh, like Maybe some of the other Peronists are like either laundering the money, so they haven't counted properly, things like that. Like yep. the whole situation is kind of just like it's gone over in a song where I feel like that whole situation is very deep. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of this is very surface level, and yeah. they can't really get into much detail. To be fair, um, considering they're trying to tell the life story of a person. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, they made choices, and the choice is not to really take that much of a political stance, even though they kind of do. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just... Again, the time signatures are really cool sometimes, and then sometimes I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and um, I mean, this is one of the times where I'm like, yeah, man, do it. But yeah, you were saying the political step. Yeah, they, it, it, it's like, yeah, those I think are questions that I'm glad they didn't try and answer, yeah. if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, they just kind of like, this is a thing that happened. We don't have answers. So yeah, we do not have the situation. facilities for that big one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Um, but, yes. Also... So we get the song. What is the song? The song is Petita Feminista. Feminista. Petita Feminista. Yes. It is kind of a, again an overview kind of a song. Mm. It's it's the song.
song for Different Visa is technically a part of Santa Evita, but they rearranged it. So they took the end of it, made it its own song, and then took Santa Evita and chucked it in. Oh, so is that how that would have played in, in the in, show? In the show, I think it would have, because it wouldn't have. Sh- during Perdita Feminista, mm. we have all of these little clips of like stuff that's happening and explosions and like all of the stuff. Yeah. But in the show, it would have just gone straight to the church theme. Oh, I see. Because there's no time for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. But um, after that, we have the Santa Evita, which is, I'm guessing, the only time that children are in this show singing, like, separate to anyone else. Mm-hmm. But Eva, Eva appears at church. She's going to take the sacrament because, like, I don't know why specifically she wants one, but she's going to church to take sacrament and she collapses. She passes out before the wine can get to her lips. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is carried out um, in a car to a hospital. Meanwhile, at the same time, there are street protests that are happening. This is Che's side of things. All of his compatriots are beaten down in the streets, mm-hmm. left severely injured, wounded, left for dead. Che manages to escape, but later collapses while trying to hide from the police. Mm. Um, because I guess this is kind of the thing where people who don't directly support Peron are stamped out, cut down, like they are just removed from the situation. Mm. But, um, yeah. And, I mean, I guess in the next song um, the walls between the two of them yeah um i think i read um it was initially meant to be like after they're both in the hospital um shay from his injuries and like they keep like sort of meeting like with their um um hospital beds they moved from place to place or whatever within the hospital i don't know how feasible that is yeah um, or how much sense that would have made, but yeah, that was an initial uh, thing that was supposed to happen. I just kind of take it as they're both having this like shared consciousness dream, yeah, kind of a thing, where Che is not really a person, <laughs> so it's mainly just Eva, and it has taken the form of Che, mm. um, and it's her doubts about herself I guess yeah um or how she feels she may be perceived yeah yeah and she's like I'm defending myself to myself kind (laughs) of but it's basically it's it's basically between are you doing this for yourself for the Argentine people and Eva going What's the point of trying to save the entire world when it is going to help a few people at a time? Kind of a thing. Which is like a really long and interesting discussion <laughs> to have. But it's like, like, if you had to choose, you climb in power, but you realize the power structure 
is too intense and complicated. Yeah. So you try to help where you can by doing small things, but the small things aren't helping on a larger scale where people are suffering due to government administration. Yeah. So it's like, eh. <laughs> Yeah. Both of you are correct. <laughs> but again, they did not have the facilities to be just having that discussion. Yeah. And, you know, that, I mean, it's good that they don't, it doesn't go past this. Because again, we didn't then have to get into the politics of what Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice thinks. <laughs> and I don't know if I'd enjoy that, if I'm going to be honest. Right. I don't know what their political leanings are. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. It, it it comes later in the musical, which is why I forgot. But just after Money Rolling, before um, Santa Evita, with like Evita Perico from America, mm -hmm. we got the song She's a Diamond. Mm -hmm. And that was basically a lot of the other Peronists, the people under Peron and things like that, right. being like, Okay, look, your wife is great and all, but she talks a lot and is kind of like incoherent and all. She wants to become vice president and all. That's not, yeah, that's not happening. And they're like, to Peron, she's her choir. And he's like, listen, I, I hear what you're saying, but she's the reason that we are where we are yeah. <laughs> right now. She is great, she is wonderful. Can't none of you tell me nothing yeah. about her? And I'm like, you get that. <laughs> you stand up for your woman. Um, but a lot of the other parents just are not happy. Yeah. Um, um, I guess it's that same tune is um, reprised in the song After Waltz for Ava and Shay with your little, your little body slowing, slowly breaking down. Yeah. Which is technically, that is, again, another, like, chopped part of a song, mm -hmm. where I think the original song that it was part of is called, um, uh, it's Dysa Rowan Eva Sonnet. Mm -hmm. So, it, it, it's a lot longer, but they just use that part mm -hmm. of it, which is kind of near to the ending. Um, but yes, it's revealed that Eva has cancer, she's dying, she's terminally ill, yeah. there's really nothing to be done. Like, she has been seen, she has been slowing down for a bit, but this is, this is the moment where it's revealed, like, she's actually really ill now. Yeah. So, <clears throat> she, um... It's it's fairly sweet with um, the the how Peron takes care of her. Yeah. Like she starts to question why he's still around with yeah. her. Was yeah. It, was this before or after the pandemic? I think before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um. Which is the song montage, but it's rearranged in the musical. Anyway, but she she's like questioning. Oh no, this is you must love me. Yeah, that's the song. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, it's at a different place. 
In the show? In the show. It's, oh. it's before the episodic Dr. Wilmington. So mm. they cut that, they moved it up, and then pushed down the Miss Lovely Bargain song. Okay, I see. Because they just cut off, like, there are reprises by other things People, as well. Okay. But, um, so then You Must Love Me happened. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, it's the bad. <laughs> the delivery of "You Must Love Me" though confused me a little bit. Not like the song, just those words, because mm. it was like I realized it's like, oh, you must love me because you're doing all these things. Yeah. But when I first heard it, I was like, you have to love me, kind oh, of a right, thing. Right, I was right. like, that's not the intention but because of how it's phrased right like the, you must love me yeah rather than like you must love me it's yeah. like you must love me yeah <laughs> it's basically the same. It's, it's literally one of those like when you have a sentence of four words and you put the emphasis on the different word yeah how it changes the intent of the sentence it's like that but um after that after we see Tehran taking care of Edward for a bit, we go back to um, the Castle Rosada balcony, and we have Edward's uh, final broadcast, which is once again the melody of Lucrez from the Argentina, mm-hmm. um, but it's basically Edward like telling the people that she's not going to vice president. She just needs to stand back a bit now. Like, she's not going to be doing all of these things, but she still loves the people and all of that stuff. In a very weak, wilting voice in comparison to how she sang it originally. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh no, she's dying. Yeah. I watched a clip of Andrew Lloyd Webber, I guess, talking about... I don't know what the context of the interview itself was, mm. but then they bring up um, Evita, and the uh, interviewer or whatever shows a clip of Judy Garland singing Over the Rainbow, where she's like, clearly, like, it's not a good day. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, and Lloyd Webber says he took uh, some sort of inspiration from that. Okay. Um, and having her just very much like sing something that she believes singing was like bigger and like so much life and energy and like conviction, and then to see her again in that position, but like in not a good way, in a bad way, like in a yeah. just not okay way. Yeah. Fun fact, I'm full of those today. <laughs> so now we get into montage and lament. So montage is... They don't do the whole... They do the whole of montage? They do. Because it's that Latin bit again, and then the whole thing before that, and then it gets confused with these last two songs because they just relate to each other. <laughs> I don't remember what the, what the two different songs are. But basically, one is... Ever 
singing to Piron, like in the final moments, just like, look, this is what my life was, and I'm glad for it. I chose to burn bright rather than to live long and slow, and I guess this is what that means, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Which is sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, you shouldn't have to choose. Mm-hmm. But I guess that tends to be the way it goes. Like, you burn fast, fast and you die fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cherry appears, as she always does at mm-hmm. the end of everything. And he reappears at the funeral, which was at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Which... I guess it makes sense to start with Eva going to a funeral and you end with Eva's funeral. Um, sure. But he sings Lament and he's like, well, you know, I didn't like her, but she did a lot. It's mm. the essence of Lament. And then he says something about her body disappearing for 17 years and then the show's over. <laughs> Okay, so I think, again, this is, like, me paraphrasing a thing that I heard, like, hours ago now. Um, But what happened was, like, they had her body embalmed, right? And Mm -hmm. she was, like, I don't know if she was, like, visible, like, if she had, like, a clear casket or something um, for a while. And then when, um, and then when Theron was out of office he like her body was buried in italy mm-hmm. and then like then was like redug up and given to him to put on when he was in spain and then he went to he left spain went to argentina her body was still in spain and then was sent subsequently back to argentina and then put in one of those like uh, vault places for I don't know, big families or mm-hmm. yeah right. yeah I think that's what happened like this is me again re like telling you information that I didn't know a day ago <laughs> but I heard a few hours ago and it's kind of entered and left my mind but like that's kind of the gist of it of like it was like her Cast her body in the castle was like moved and moved and moved and moved mm-hmm. until its final resting place. Yeah. Also, fun fact: um, uh, Peron's third wife, or third person, yep, yeah, third wife, uh, then did become vice president, like Eva was gonna be eventually if she had lived. I think. Mm. Anyway, so that's enough of me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just, okay, like I said, I had some, a, a bit of issue with the portrayal of Ava, um, I cannot speak to the politics of it all, because yeah. I'm not Argentinian, have not been taught this in my history classes, um, but in terms of, like, her, the social climbing stuff, I was uncomfortable with it with because again we see a grown woman playing the 15 year old person yeah. and it's not 
driven home enough that this quote-unquote social climbing is essentially abuse after abuse after abuse because she's 15 when she moves to Buenos Aires and it's like you know like it's uh really portrayed like they're like ooh slut kink and it's like no troubled fucking child if this is accurate and truthful and this stuff did happen she's not the bad guy here and like then there is the sort of question of the validity of the <laughs> that portrayal of whether or not she did get her sort of start from sleeping around and that sort of judgment on her. Yeah. Like, did those things even happen? Um, because, again, you know, there's, like, people who are like, yeah, for sure that did happen. Fuck her. And then there are, like, others who are like, it's just an exaggeration of the events and like a misinterpretation and stuff um of i don't know how she got where she got to so i have so yeah that's like kind of my issue that i take with it is that they also had the opportunity they could have they could have uh, stepped away from the thing that they do on the broadway show which is like or the great western show or whatever because that's the stage show and we can suspend our disbelief but like um in terms of casting an adult woman to play a child and i get that it's to that she's the same person but like we can we can like as moviegoers yeah, we can tell that that's fine yeah as moviegoers like, have an issue with casting a small child exactly so they could have had an intermediate child yeah um, so yeah, I think it's super easy to um, sort of forget, mm-hmm. and then also with the political stuff, the sort of I guess issue with writing something about a, like a someone as prominent as that in who in like the political space is that where your sources and like if your source is biased in one way, yeah. your you know your subsequent writing of that character will be skewed by that portrayal in whatever like source you got it and um if it's true that their inspiration came from that one specific autobiography um, or biography rather um then you know again we have to take all that is portrayed with a pinch of salt a whole pinch not just a grain (laughs) um I mean, it's it's not comparative. Like Hamilton is based off of one particular yeah uh, autobiography author. Author, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Eliza Hamilton, so it's it's the whole thing of like, and I mean, he got several things wrong yeah. in that musical. Yeah. So it's like we have to think when we're watching a musical, we have to try to come in with the knowledge that some things are wrong but yeah not a lot of people are going to know yeah that some things are wrong philip schuyler did not just have three daughters or didn't have sons yeah so like did ava peron actually meet mavaldi i think like no but if you just come in and you don't do the research that you have to know that mavaldi was actually dead by the time the earthquake happened like you wouldn't know no, those things anything. yeah like you would just assume, oh yeah, he was probably there at this fundraiser. What have you not 
So yeah. it's the type of thing where one, you have unreliable stories to tell because the writers, writers, writers yeah. will just do the things that they find interesting as yeah. in making a dead person just reappear at a plot convenient moment. Right. Or just completely fabricating something yeah. or forgetting something and that becomes the canon of the the mythos of this person yeah. like this is how they're perceived um going forward because something popular like could for, like yeah. put a specific narrative in our heads and like it's um I'm I feel like okay so I watched a TED talk um by I think she's the director of the most recent the New York City Center production mm-hmm. and she was talking about like the responsibility of storytellers and that you know it's you it, there is a huge responsibility especially if you're going to be talking about something that exists you know mm-hmm. like when you tell the story like beyond your motives like understanding like how you portray this person maybe someone's introduction to that person yeah. and maybe the their definitive um sort of text in which they cling to they're like if when they hear that name this is the story that they know and that they claim to be true you know what i mean yeah and like and I, like again like it's a very tough thing like you can't like obviously put all that weight on a writer's shoulders but it's also kind of like you take on that that challenge and that thing when you decide to write about someone that existed whereas like with like fictional people and portrayals and things like that even though you still do have like a huge responsibility in how you portray a certain type of person or whatever it's like there's a, a little less pressure to be yeah. actually accurate to mm-hmm. events and not be swayed by um, certain people who had different motives and different feelings about politics and time and whatever, where they came from, all that stuff. Yeah. There's also like the responsibility to the effect of time passage mm-hmm. because with the passage of time, a lot of these stories are going to be removed or not be existent anymore. And so facts and events often get skewed by whoever manages to survive those events right. based on their opinions of certain things. So if you fabricate something because a lot of time has passed and you don't necessarily know the truth of the matter, yeah, then it's basically you're changing the history because as time passes on, the most recent retelling of a thing is going to be the one that's most prevalent. Mm-hmm. Like, just, I was going to get up and talk about that, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we totally could at the end. Um, but, yeah. yeah. But it's just, that is going to be the one that's most present in people's minds. People aren't going to remember some long ancient textbook. Mm-hmm. They're not going to remember the words that are necessarily most true. Mm-hmm. They're going to remember what's most recent, mm-hmm. what's most out there, what's most visible. Yeah. So it's really, I like it's so important Yeah. to actually, like, this is why there aren't that many about queer people. Yeah. 
because uh, yeah, yeah, it's a very hard thing to take on something like that, um, to take on a historical figure and give them songs and give them, you know, as spectacle. Because there is that thing, like even when you take a story as like fantastical and amazing as, as that story might be, you might want to add more yeah. drama. You might want to, you know, amp up the the events, make it more like intense than it was originally like it could be a small scene that like in real life was just kind of like a yeah whatever it happened and then like in this it's like a pivotal thing that teaches our character to like do this specific thing that is telegraphed now that will be important later kind mm-hmm. of thing and so yeah like storytelling was a hard thing <laughs> to do um and you know i'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not like an Andrew Weber fan in any way. <clears throat> I don't hate his. <clears throat> I don't hate his work or anything. I have like a relationship with so little of it, mm-hmm. um, so I have no real opinion of the man. But like you know, like I don't know. He took on something like like him and Tim Rice took on something like super hard to do. So I don't know. Anyway, that's that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Is like I'm so like I was like ah, I don't know how to feel. Yeah. <clears throat> but like beyond that, the movie like the color grading like everything is like brown and like yeah dull <laughs> and like and it's like none of it's like come on Madonna's on screen and it's just like kind of like meh. Yeah. Um. Choices. Um, but ooh, uh, Barbara Streisand was in running to play this role actually. Mm. You mean in the movie? Yeah. Uh, someone like Neil Patty was home to play this role. And, uh, <laughs> in the movie, she was um in the running, and Meryl Streep as well, I think. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously in the end we got Madonna, um, but I'm like kind of fascinated what a Barbara Streisand Evita would have sounded like. All three of these women are incredibly white. Um, it just occurred to me, like, none of them were, like, of Latin descent. I think, was this slightly before the the Latin movement? The Latin movement? Yeah, there was a Latin movement where, like, J-Lo and Ricky Martin and everything right. happened. And I think, like, is 1996 before the Latin? I think it's before the Latin movement. Sure, maybe I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's before. I think it's but yeah, I don't know. But it just occurred to me. I'm like, oh yeah, wait, all these women have in common is that they're blonde. Um, I'm pretty sure Sam's blonde. Is she not? I don't know. I think she is. I think she is. Oh. I don't know if she's naturally blonde, but yeah. I've seen her as blonde Bear all with me. the way. The, the only time I remember Barbara Streisand a lot is Yentl. Like, it's the only Fair thing. Enough. It's real bad. But thanks for hating. Ooh. So, we have, as you know, our rating system is dancing choreography, story, and overall enjoyment. It's going to be a little difficult to rate the story because it's kind of biographical things so it's a 
Yeah, like events yeah. could have happened. Mm-hmm. I guess we can kind of rate like stylistically how they chose to portray it. Sure. Um so for music and choreography. Uh music and choreography. There's not really choreography mm-hmm. in this, apart from people like turning their heads at the same time. Um or like standing in the same place and doing a similar action. Yeah. Um I would say music wise it you know <laughs> like a lot of the songs are just kind of theremin songs. Like I feel like if they didn't end they would just run into the next song and it wouldn't necessarily be like a problem. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these songs would be like thirty minutes long if if it just wasn't like the, cut up. if time didn't work the way we yeah we perceive it. It would be like half an hour song. What? But like if it happened, there would be like you know what. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think a a lot of the music is very interesting. Like I mentioned earlier, stylistically, it's everywhere. Um, which makes it kind of hard to judge, like, on a genre basis. I liked some of the songs. I'm not gonna lie and say I liked every song, because that just would be a lie. Um, but, um, I'll give the songs, like, a a three out of five suitcases. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, the ones I liked, I liked, and the ones... There were just ones that I didn't really care about. There were there weren't any ones that I hated mm-hmm. outright. I'm like, oh, the music was Um, but yes, what about you? Um, look, it wasn't for me, you know. <laughs> um, and it's not that like it's a weird rock opera type show like it's just in its inconsistency also is just like I don't know where I feel how I feel where I stand um but it's uh, but what I I can tell you is that it's not for me uh don't cry for me Argentina is a good song I guess yes I've heard it all my life I guess so um I don't know if that's just sort of a bias based on that um so I just personally for me I would give it like two and a half suitcases. Like it's 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 there. None of it's particularly offensive to me. I don't like hate any of it or whatever. I do find some of the like weird like running into each other songs or like the um weird phrasing of sentences because they're trying to make it into a song but at the same time it's sort of this dialogue it's you know it's very typical of what you'd like imagine a sung through musical would be um so yeah two two and a half suitcases for me so next we have story now the story is based on the life of a real person um, I will say the way that they chose to present it 
was interesting. It wasn't. I wasn't falling asleep. This is my new term. For <laughs> if I measure, I measure my interest. Sure. And the thing is, if I start to fall asleep during it, um, I didn't during this. I was just genuinely curious about this person's life or how they were going to choose to represent her life. Plus, Antonio Banderas just kept showing up. I was like, ooh, Antonio! Um, <laughs> it, but I think, story-wise, it was just interesting to see this girl grow into this woman, even though she always looks like a woman. My goodness. Um, <laughs> but just to see her progress see her change, see what she chose to value, see how people looked to her, and things like that. Um, so I'm going to give story a 3.5. Yeah, I think 3.5 is a good number. 3.5, what was the metric? Uh, radio mics. Thank you, radio mics. Um, yeah, so, again, like you said, real life person, real life events to an extent. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, but like, yeah, uh, they didn't do anything like. I don't know, absolutely, I don't know, like, it was just, I don't know, it just was a, it was a movie, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, I can't really, like, really, I don't know how to qualify it, I did take an intermission, aka, I went to sleep, um, <laughs> <laughs> right at, um, where the intermission would have been, um, I, it was a good place to stop and sleep, um, uh, it was fine. I'll give it three radio mics. And now, overall enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not really something enjoy. <laughs> I feel like it's bad saying that. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Like, it's not like a fun like. You know, some musicals are just like fun and like sure. you smile through them and things like that. This yeah. is not really that. Yeah. You go there and you feel like it's history. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it would be like, sorry. No, continue. Go ahead. It would be like a Nelson Mandela musical. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh -huh. It's like, I, I don't know if you go there for like the fun romp of it. Yeah. It's just like, it's uh, things happened. Yeah. Bad things also happened. Anyway, here's a story. Here's a, you know, two hour like musical explosion of I think it's like Lay Miz. Sure. Like you don't go to Lay Miz when it's like the fun time. Sure. But it's like uh you know, it's interesting to watch these like lives and stuff and what people did during the revolution. It is Lay Miz. Well it's not interesting. Um or or half as interesting. Uh, sorry again. <laughs> I like Sarabina and that like it's yeah yeah yeah. I guess it's kind of like Sarabina. Um, except it has actual real like the protagonist is a real person. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I guess for the whole enjoyment of it, like a like I didn't hate it. Yeah, let's say I didn't hate watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, would I like go out of my way to watch it again? Not really. Mm-hmm. Is the thing. Um, so it doesn't have that replay ability factor. Uh, so I will say I give it a says three point two five balconies like. A balcony and then one of those like window porches for the flowers. <laughs> I think is where I'm at. Fair. Um, same. I mean, again, I took an intermission. Um, it's not for me and I respect it as that. I'm sure there's someone out there who this could be their favorite movie. And to that person I say, good for you. Um, I am not that person. So I will give it, (laughs) I myself will give it 2.75 balconies. Um, Again, like this is, I guess, a personal preference thing. Um, It's not like the worst musical I've ever seen. Like, don't mistake my um, lack of, like, I don't know, bubbly enthusiasm um, that I have for sometimes when I'm talking, like, don't mistake that for me being like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I hate it. Cause you would know if I hated it. Um, this is me being mostly indifferent and realizing that I'm not <laughs> its audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it. I didn't actually write this. I'm making this up on the spot. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway, here are our obsession. <laughs> anyway. It's the same, but it's different. Uh, every week. Yep. Okay, so, obsession. I thought about this for like 10 minutes in between. <laughs> In between um, recording. recording, yeah, and uh, I couldn't find anything that I was currently obsessed with, but mm. this is like a but with a period after it. Um, Leah and I and a friend of ours went to see Cats. Yeah, the Cats that came out in twenty eighteen. That Cats. Twenty nineteen. 2019. Sorry, I don't know what year it is anymore. <laughs> um, in 2019, with, you know, the wonderful people of uh, Taylor Swift and uh, Jason Derulo and uh, Idris Elba and James Corden and Brittany McKellen and, you know, I could just keep listing people. <laughs> but we went to see Cats, and oh boy, was it an event. Firstly, we went on a Tuesday afternoon, completely expecting no one to be there, but our small cinema was just full of people on a Tuesday evening. And yep. that was strange in of itself. But the movie, this movie, you know, it's absurd. I, no, it's absurd. That's a full sentence. I... <laughs> 
I don't know how to feel about all of the things that happened in that movie. Yeah. I will say Cats is out. Cats is never something that you take seriously. Sure. Because it's a musical about cats. Sure. You can't. But it's so strange. <laughs> it's painfully strange. They yeah. they make some choices that I w- if you're interested in hearing how another version of Mungo Jerry and Rumpel Teaser goes, it's actually a version that is used in some versions of the musical. They have two versions of that song. Mm. Apparently, that's the version that's easier for people on stage to sing, the one that they use in the movie. Mm-hmm. And Rumpel Teaser means a rap. Okay. Um, I don't like that version. <laughs> I prefer the other one. Sure. Um, but apart from that there's like it's the little things like I I say that I'm obsessed with it in that it bothers me even now the inconsistencies in their size is the main thing that gets me yeah they're so I don't know how big or small they are yeah I I'm a cat I could quite easily reference that a cat is not a lilliputian like it's it's not how this works they're not meant to be that small they mm-hmm. can occupy an entire windowsill like it's I, I think one of my favorite like weird like size inconsistencies is when it, during Among Us and Rumpel Teaser when um, Victoria has a watch around her neck and a ring on her wrist yeah None of those sizes are consistent <laughs> with each other. <laughs> like, at all. And it's like, whose dainty little wrists but huge-ass fingers are these? <laughs> like, But I will say my favorite part of Cats is literally any time Idris Elba is on Oh my god. He's okay. my favorite. Okay, no, but we, I have to talk about this because this is the thing that bothers me most. Clothes. Clothing. Yeah. The fact that some of the cats wear clothing and some don't. Mm-hmm. If all of the cats wore clothing, this is like reminiscent to the stage musical. Yeah. But it's different on stage because we can tell that all of the cats are the same size as us. And we can tell that it's the costume. In the movie, <laughs> it's just their skin fur thing. So when they wear clothing and they take it off, it makes them, it makes us feel like, like they're, they're naked. naked. <laughs> I don't like it. Okay, it makes me uncomfortable. I <laughs> love it. It's so weird. It is absolutely weird, especially because McCavity, um, who is a ginger cat, is not a ginger cat because he's Idris Elba's skin tone. And he has a hat and coat the whole time that you see him as he says, magic, and then meow, and then um, cavity. That's my favorite one. That's like each one of these times of him disappearing a different cat, and he goes, magic, and then cavity. Anyway, so this entire time he's been wearing a hat and a coat, and then dun, 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 uh, Taylor Swift's 
descends on a crescent moon, sprinkling some catnip. And then we see, who is that? But Idris Elba without a coat and hat. <laughs> and he looks more naked than you've ever seen him in his life. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then he's just there, obviously, as Bumbalarina sings to us and tells us all about McCavity. And then he joins in and starts to dance thing and it's hilarious. I love it. Oh my god. And the fact that they gave Bombalarina like chest breasts. Yeah. But it's like it's not really like boobs. It's yeah. just like her torso, like her upper rib cage is just like large. Yeah. So it just looks like she has like chest chin. I don't know how <laughs> to describe it honestly. And yeah, I mean, honestly, if I just want anyone, like once this movie's out, someone make a compilation of all the Idris Elba parts <laughs> on YouTube, and that's what I'll watch. <laughs> because I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many inconsistencies and like so many things just went question mark. Um, like initially, I think the very first thing I commented to you about was. The, the twins oh, and I was like they have shoes on <laughs> like they have no they have shoes <laughs> on their cats they're wearing shoes and only shoes <laughs> yeah um it's it's so weird like there I just I love I think my favorite fact about this is that um Tom Hooper finished editing yeah, this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the day of the premiere, which is like, excuse me? <laughs> and that is the version that I mean, and it first wasn't saw. Finished. I know. <laughs> it's the version that everybody, like, everybody first got to see. And it still went into cinemas like that, and then they changed it. I love it. It's like, I don't know. It's just like I don't know. Like I procrast. I'm a professional procrastinator. <laughs> Best believe if I can leave something to the last minute, most of the time I do. But to this scale, no, but we we watched the credits because we're the people that do that. Yeah, and we saw how many digital effects artists were on this. Exactly, like it went on for like three minutes. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> Just like I don't fucking know, like just it. Wow, an anomaly. What do you think of Beautiful Girl? It's an okay song. I don't like. I, I don't hate or like it. It yeah, just it I exists. I don't. I don't really feel anything in particular to it. I didn't know that the new song was gonna be in this movie. Yeah. Because that's how much attention I've paid to cats. Yeah. But I just heard it. I was like, what is this? I I could I be wrong on this fact. Um, I think I'm not sure if this is accurate and I'm not really invested enough to look it up but um, I think they rushed to finish that song and like she learned it like just like not that second but like just before she had to film that song which is also another like excuse me what are any of you doing right now? 
but yeah what a wild time um i'm glad we got to see it in cinemas before like it's it's in its own special way like a part of history you know um yeah i feel like i don't even know i wish they had just animated it with like see i don't know if there's any version of cats that would have been good like not okay but good i feel like if they had animated it like if it was animated it would have been wild it would have been okay there because like because the narrative and there's no inherent like narrative even the forced one that we get is kind of like a nothing thing it's just sort of having an insert character but like I was just thinking of Mumpus Trap just looking at Victoria initially. I'm like, do you want to eat her? Sleep with her? What is what is your issue? And I'm like, that's not the Mumpus Trap I know. The Mumpus Trap I know is like a surrogate father figure kind of a thing. Sure. I don't know. Like I said, it's just... It's, I don't like I said. There's just no way this this could have been made into like an Oscar-winning movie, oh, regardless no. of like whether it's it. animated or life at live was, action. It was never or, gonna be Oscar-winning. I just think it would have been better if it was animated. <laughs> it w- it would have existed, and but then would it would it have been as culturally significant? No, this is culturally significant. Who cares? It's a bad one. Tom Hooper is now in the history books, man. <laughs> Ooh, another favorite thing of mine, which was like really weird, is that he they did this thing where your um the character you're closest to is the harmony you hear the loudest. <laughs> and that is very weird at some points where like the harmony is just like ah. like there's a bit where like um I don't know what song it is. Where um, uh, Jason Derulo is like, oh. <laughs> is like, ah. it's it's Mr. Mustafalis, <laughs> it's Mr. Mustafalis, because we hear it, and then as he's there, we only realize it's coming from his mouth, and it's like you hear it so freaking loud when it's just his face. Brilliant, awesome, amazing. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen the Les Mis movie. Um, you haven't seen the Les Mis movie? No, I've not seen anything. Like oh, that. my God. But, um, and I know that he did, like, a lot of, like, the live uh, yeah, he's a audio thing. And I think that's what they did with this as well. Oh, my God. Um, amazing. I love it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. I didn't really have an obsession either, except there's this video of um, Ariana Casio. Casio, I don't know how to say her surname, um, and she just like does this like really high, like high run. It's really good. She belts really high and does like a run, and it's really really. It's it looks so effortless, like mm-hmm. she's not even trying. Amazing. So she's an honorable mention. Um, but yeah. I guess that is the episode. Um, follow us on Instagram.
Instagram and Twitter at TMMTMM Podcast on Tumblr at tellmemoretellmemorepodcast.tumblr.com. You can email us at tellmemoretellmemorepodcast at gmail.com. And you can um, support us on Patreon at, I guess, look for us at TMMTMM Podcast or Tell Me More, Tell Me More Podcast. You'll be able to see our bonus episodes. We have three up so far, and you get a new one every single month. Um, and that's like for however much money you want to do. You know what I mean? Like you want to put in. You don't have to like give us a hundred dollars or anything like that. That's really absurd. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 pretty it's a pretty lax place over there. Um, we just do this, but more. Um, you just get more episodes. Um, but yeah, you can also follow us on Spotify to get our favorite songs from every episode. Um, TMM, TMM podcast is how you find us. And the podcast playlist episode things are called, um, weekly favorites. There's one for each year, 2018, 2019, and 2020. So go over there and give us a follow. That would be cool. Um, but yeah, for Tell Me More, Tell Me More, I have been your host, Alia. And I've been your host, Alicia. And we'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.